The International Association for Near-Death Studies presents NDE Radio, a weekly exploration of near-death experiences and similar encounters with the other side. Now, here's your host, Lee Whitting. Welcome to NDE Radio, brought to you by IONS, the International Association for Near-Death Studies. I'm your host, Lee Whitting. Our guest today, Rebecca Ostel-Clausen, is an author, speaker, Reiki master and occupational therapist who saw her life change one day when, out for a horseback ride, she met and communicated with her deceased brother. Here's a brief passage from her book, Changemaker. I realized speech was unnecessary. Sending messages via stream of consciousness or thought was much faster than speaking with words. I sent my questions telepathically and received instantaneous answers. I shared my extreme sadness at his death, my half-hearted attempts to focus at work, my inability to understand the purpose of his passing. I absorbed his rapid-fire responses, his acceptance of the situation, his willingness to communicate, his ability to transmit unconditional love. Then we shared family updates. Rebecca, welcome to NDE Radio. Thank you, Lee, so much. It's great to talk with you and your audience. Well, it's wonderful to talk to you, too. Uh, you're traveling in an RV right now on your way to Denver, and it just amazes me continually how technology has advanced just during my lifetime. It is astounding. It's it's uh, quite fun. I'm, I'm headed to the International New Age trade show, and uh, my book, Changemaker, How My Brother's Death uh, Woke Up My Life, is up for two awards with the Coalition of Visionary Resources, so it's going to be a total blast to just see oh, how this all yes. trans- well, transpires. Congratulations. That's terrific. Well, listen, Thanks, uh, tell, tell us about your brother and how your ADC with him first came about. I, I am happy to do this. Um, this all happened in 1995, and my brother David um, is, was 37 years old when he passed, and he passed of AIDS, and it was when lots of people were dying of AIDS. And I think everything in life is positive, and I couldn't find anything positive about this experience. And so for about six weeks, I was um, filled with grief and my heart. I'm sorry, I'm from Boston. It's a Boston accent. (laughs) So uh, my heart was closed, but it was six weeks after he passed and I was riding my horse to a Christmas tree farm and it was a beautiful day and it was in November, Chester Springs, Pennsylvania. Mm. And I opened my heart and I said, thank you for this gorgeous day. We had rainbows sparkling. It was a first frost and it was just lovely. And I closed my eyes and there was my brother. And I am no, I have, I was not psychic. I was not spiritual. None of this had ever happened to me before. And he was wearing a black and red plaid flannel shirt, dungarees and sandals. And it was absolutely incredible. It was incredible. Wow. It was, it was a glorious experience. And I looked behind him and there were my grandparents who had passed and Edward, his best friend who had passed and Holly, a friend of mine who had passed and, it was it was an unworldly experience that transformed my life. Did you see them in your setting, or were they in a, a different uh, landscape altogether? Yeah, good question, um, David. It was in a it was in a traditional earthly setting. David was on a hill, and then I looked behind him, and it was a grassy hill. And behind him, on the on my right side, um, were was another hill. And that was grassy and such. And, uh, I looked behind David and there was a, there was a golden colored arch and 
I've been reading a fair amount about um, other realities and after-death communication, but I didn't know anybody that did this. And so I had an idea that when there's a door or an arch or something, it could mean we're going into a different form of reality. And so I looked to my brother to see if he'd take me through the arch, and instead my four foot ten gram of Bessie Dole skipped me through the arch, and we ended up on this fuchsia-colored land, which was not earthly. And my grandfather, my paternal grandfather, Gramps, I heard him. I didn't see him, but I heard him, and he took me by the hand, and we actually flew through this fuchsia-colored arch, sharing thoughts and memories until my horse started to move, because I was on my horse. And I said to Gramps, Gramps, I need to go back. And we did this U-turn in this fuchsia-colored land. We came to the arch. We came back to this earthly type of setting where my brother's there and my grandparents and Edward and Holly and my horse is moving. And I said, I need to go back. And the resounding statement filled with love was, we will always be here. And I opened up my eyes and pulled up my horse and sat there and thought, what just happened to me? It was, it was a glorious experience. Changed my life. Mm. Now, when who was the first to communicate? Did he first uh, telepathically communicate with you, or did you to him, or how did that work? When when I closed my eyes, um, David was there, and we I I was so astounded to see him in physical form, and he I guess it was I guess it was simultaneous. You know, I said, Dave, maybe I started. I'm not exactly sure. How are you? And he was fine, and he wasn't in pain, and he was good, and he was healthy. And then he, we shared, and with only a couple of seconds, even less than seconds, everything was shared, and everything was good. So it's it seemed. Did it seem timeless, or did it seem like uh, yeah. you were? It's a very brief experience. No, it was timeless. There was no time. It, it's taken me years to try to understand how there can be <laughs> no time. And, uh, you know, when we travel into these other realms, there's no time. There's time on Earth, but there does not appear to be time any other place. And when he communicated with you, what did he he tell you, besides being fine? Yeah, he was great. Life was perfect. He wasn't in any pain. He was thrilled to be with me, and it was... um, It was glorious. It was exactly what I wanted. You know, I was so sad that David wasn't around, but now he is around, and he's around all the time. And so what happened was I went to look for a teacher, and I had a little difficulty trying to find a teacher, and I I finally just asked the universe, which I I never do because I'm pretty much a planner, I'm a scientist, I'm an organizer, I'm a medical professional, but I asked the universe, I said, please send me a teacher. And a friend of mine, Amy Carroll, who's also an occupational therapist, and she was on my staff at the time, she came and said she found she found someone she thought I'd like, and it turned out to be a shaman. And I didn't even know what a shaman was. And I said, well, what's a shaman? So, well, I think a shaman has believes that everything in life has energy. And so I ended up um, meeting this shaman who lived close to me, and I thought shamans lived in Brazil or Peru or whatever. But she was an awesome woman, um, Nancy Ariel. And I apprenticed with her for three to six hours a week for a year and learned a lot about how to communicate with my brother, additional entities, life is continuous, uh, learned about Reiki. It, it's been it's been a glorious, glorious experience, but I was I was scared to share this. And so 
you know, I wrote it all down and recorded all my sessions, but I, I had no courage to share this until a couple of years ago when I ended up selling my business because I wanted to share this story, but I didn't want to impact the business. And so I sold the business to my chief financial officer and <laughs> we had worked together um, for 20 years. And it was so awesome. I said to him, Bob, my soul is crying out for me to uh, publish this story. And he said, well, I'd be very glad to stay here, even if you're not here. And I thought, oh my gosh, I mean, you'd like to buy the business. And he said, only if you think I can do it. And I'd had this business for 32 years, and it was a wonderful, wonderful transition and experience. And it's allowed me to now share uh, my knowledge that life continues forever and that we can communicate with loved ones that have passed on. Mm. Now you say your, your uh, communication with your brother is ongoing. Does he watch what's happening on Earth, uh, not only to you, but to the world in general? Does he have any thoughts on those things? You know... That's a great question, Lee. I have to say yes. And so I've been communicating with my brother for 24 years regularly. And um, we've had wonderful experiences and very um, unearthly experiences and very uh, many experiences that have been synchronicity, that have caused synchronicity. Last fall, I was at a conference and there was a medium by the name of Thomas John. And I'm one of 160 people in what's called a galley uh, avenue, a galley reading. He had no idea I was there. And he said, I have a large group of people here that um, are here to, uh, to share their information. And they're led by a brother by the name of David. And so I thought, oh, my gosh, that's my brother. So I raised <laughs> my hand. And not only was David there, but he got the name. This evidential medium, Thomas John, got the name Edward. Lorene and Lorene had passed and they had lived together. David and Lorene had lived together for years. She was there. My parents got the names of my parents and all this. I, it's on YouTube and it's under, um, let's see, it's under, under my name and Thomas John Medium. And it was 10 minutes of incredible, uh, confirmation and validation that yes, David is aware of what's happening on earth. It was, it's, an, it's astounding, absolutely astounding. Mm. Is there any, um, prophetic content to what he has to tell you? He does not um, prophesize. He very much is supportive. And and I believe that we all have free will and we're all here on earth to live our own journey. And so David doesn't impact what I'm doing as far as give me thoughts and ideas, but he does support. Because we're all here to, to live our best way possible. And so it's, in my opinion, it's not really up to anybody except for us to lead the way forward. Uh, Robert Mays, who's connected with IONS, he and his wife, yes. I just learned, are researching uh, prophecy as, as it comes from NDEs and other uh, spiritually transformative experiences. So if something like that should come up, you should get in touch with them, and you'll see them at the conference in Philadelphia anyway. But uh, I, uh, I wanted to ask, you teach a course on how to do this, don't you? Yes. Yes. And, and actually, I, I'm sorry, go for it. No, well, I just wanted to, you to elaborate on that a little bit. Sure. Um, I had no psychic or spiritual experience when all this happened, and there's nothing special about me that allows me to be able to communicate with my brother and additional loved ones that have passed on. And so I thought, you know, if I can do this, why don't I teach other people how to do this? And so 
I'm so excited at the IONS conference, which is held 20 minutes from my house this year. Um, <laughs> it's in King of Prussia, and it's yes. 35 minutes west of Philadelphia, and it's from August 29th to September 1st. I am teaching a course called Whispers from Beyond the Veal After Death Communication Techniques. And it talks about how we can communicate with our loved ones that have passed on. And it's not hard, um, it's not hard to do, but it does require a belief that the information that we're receiving that maybe we might question, like maybe a bird might come and that bird might be your mother's favorite bird. And we think, huh, that's my mother's favorite bird. Well, that very easily could be our mother, could be your mother. And so mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's a major belief that we can communicate. And so I have like seven different steps that I go through as far as helping people communicate with loved ones, and it does seem to assist others in their journey to communicate with, with loved ones that have passed on. So that mm-hmm. workshop's going to be on Saturday at the conference, um, 4 to 6. But um, you okay if I talk a little bit about the conference? Uh, sure, go ahead. Uh, and then I'm going to c- bring you back to uh, your brother again, but... But uh, go ahead, because uh, uh, I'm going to be at the conference myself. It's it's always a wonderful experience, especially for people who've had uh, personal mystical experiences, because suddenly you're in a room full of people who uh, know what you're saying is true and share that kind of enthusiasm for it. So it's it, these conferences are truly inspirational. But go ahead and tell tell us more about it. Oh, Lee, thanks so much, and I can't wait to meet you in person. Um, the conference is, it's August 29th to September 1st, and it is in King of Prussia, 35 minutes from Philly. And I also went last year. It was the very first time I'd gone to a conference, and it is phenomenal. Three and a half days of validating, empowering experiences with hundreds of physicians, researchers, scientists, the general public, educators, all believing in after-death communication, in um, near-death experiences, in spiritual transformative experiences. This year's conference is called Revolutionary Experiences, The Power of Love and Consciousness. And it's such a wonderful descriptor of what's going to happen. Um, Dr. Suzanne Giesman, who's been in the military and is now an evidential medium, is one of the keynotes. She has a Unity radio show that's fantastic. Another keynote is Dr. Eben Alexander. He's a, a physician, New York Times bestseller of the book, uh, Proof of Heaven. And so he's another keynote. Um, Kevin Kern. I don't know if you've heard Kevin Kern. He's a pianist, a Steinway pianist. And he's uh-huh. one of the evening, um, uh, evening uh, pleasures. And he does beautiful, beautiful music, uh, very healing and very soothing to those that are, have had near-death experiences. Um, Gosh, there's a whole special track, healthcare, education, research, and science that are, that is really quite, quite validating and filled with very good information. Um, lots of exhibitors, great bookstore. I'm also involved in the healers room, and there's going to be a great amount of healers, um, mediums, energy healers, including Reiki, uh, angel card readers, iridology, Native American, uh, speakers, bioenergetics, and so people can come to the healer's room and, and receive like about 20 minutes of, of specialized healing if they want. Uh, mm. There's a military track, and it's a great military track for um, for anybody that's been in the military, and there's also um, potential discounts for those that have been in the military that have had NDEs and 
uh, or spiritual transformative experiences and may have some disabilities. There's an experiencer's lounge for people that have had experiences and want to share it. So it's really going to be um, great fun. Now, this early registration goes up until June 30th. I'm on the planning committee, so I happen to know all of this. <laughs> yes. This early, early registration goes until um, June 30th, and then there's what they call a hurry-up discounted registration that goes until August 6th. So it's it's a great conference. Absolutely mm. fantastic. Highly encouraged. I, uh, if, if military are listening and, uh, think they might get to the conference, they should look for Diane Corcoran, who was the, yes. uh, pre- previous president of, uh, IANS. She was a military nurse and is very interested in veterans' experiences with NDEs and similar events. And so many interesting stories come out of, um, uh, of those, uh, accounts. One of them was uh, a story I heard where, the man died in battle, and several of his companions died at the same time. All of their souls were rising up out of their bodies, and they saw each other. They were communicating with each other, and he was the only one to uh, survive and come back. But stories like that are so powerful and so um, important to understanding what happens when we die. That if if, if there are any mil- you know veterans or military. Uh, that are coming to the conference, they should look for Diane. Okay, we'll get back to your brother. Um, did does he um, does he ever has he ever appeared to you uh, visually? And I don't mean with your eyes, but with do you see him when he comes and communicates with you? Most of the time, I do, um, but sometimes I just hear him. A lot of a lot of times, I'll hear him in my mind. And he has a different um, energy signature. And it sounds just like David. He uses the same type of voice. And so I'll hear him. The thing that, one of the things that happened to me was um, when I started to learn all about this, I did, this was, now this was 20 years ago. And so 20 years ago, it was not as accepted as it is now. And so I was getting a little far out as far as my um, experiences and beliefs. And I knew that. But, um, you know, it felt great, and it felt real, and it felt comfortable, and I believed it. And one of the things that happened is I went to the American Occupational Therapy um, Association annual conference, and people asked me how I was doing it. At that point, it was about three months after I had had these experiences, and I had no filter, and so I shared. I shared what had happened to me, and <laughs> it did not go over professionally too well. But at the end of the conference, I did meet a uh, woman that told me about automatic writing. And I was like, what's that? And she said, well, that's when your pen starts to move across the paper and a spiritual entity will provide information to you. And I'm like, no kidding. And I'd never heard about that. So the next day I went home and I was riding my horse and I used to uh, meditate when I was on the horse. Now, this is after David's appeared. It's about three or four months after he appeared um, at that in the Christmas tree farm. And so... I put the horse out to pass, and I'm sitting in my car writing, and all of a sudden, my pen started to move across the page, and I thought, oh, my gosh, I can either freak out or um, listen, you know, read what happened. And I said, and it's, and I said, who are you? And they said, I am love. And I said, love. And it said, I am Lot. So what's your name? I am Lot, L-O-T. And so Lot came and left me beautiful messages about the continuation of life and what's happened in the past, what can happen in the future, sort of bringing in your prophecy concept mm. here. 
and talking about um, how we're all connected. And so, so that continued for three or four months. And then, at that point, Lot said he was leaving. And my husband used to sit beside me, and he'd say, Becky, ask Lot this and ask Lot that, because he was trying to trip him up. And, and it really was quite valid, and I've got thousands of pages of, of Lot's information, very similar to um, Neil Donald Walsh's Conversations with God series, very similar to that, and it happened about the same time. So a lot of times my brother will come in an automatic writing sequence as well, and that works for me because when I go into meditation, it's an easy way for me to shut off my brain because I just sit there, close my eyes, sit there at my computer, and then the words come into my brain. If, yeah, they come into my brain, and then I just flows through my hands, and I type out all this information. And it's it's a very quick way to um, receive communication from from my brother, from all these different types of spiritual entities, from deceased loved ones that have passed. It's, and it's also very nice because a lot of times, when when particularly relatives have passed, I I'll go into um, into the afterlife and ask to communicate with them, and I'll be typing all of this down. And then for me to be able to share that information with loved ones has been fabulous. It's been very, very validating for for loved ones that have passed on to receive a, a typed transcript of the information that I've received from them. So so when you're talking about different ways of communication, that's that's been one very interesting way that, that David communicates. Mm. Now, who... Uh... Who did uh, Lot describe himself as being? Was he a deceased person or or uh, an, uh, an angel of some sort? Oh, Lee, that are so interesting. Um, gosh, you know, I'll have to I'll have to like go back and see exactly who he described. I don't think he had a, had a I don't think he had a uh, a descriptor. I I always thought of him as a spiritual guy, and so I didn't get the impression that he was a deceased human that was familiar with me. I just got the impression that he was a guy that communicated with, with a variety of people, and I was lucky enough to have him communicate with me for, gosh, three to four months. It was it was awesome. It was really fun. And I can get him. Like, I can get him back. But he's, um, he's doing his thing with all these other folks and all that jazz, and I definitely felt that it was a masculine presence. Um, it, was, it, was, it was a blast. Uh, a lot of organized religions are so wary of these things because they say, well, it could be some sort of evil spirit. Uh, they they warn you against Ouija boards and that kind of communication. Do you feel that there's a, an ominous uh, side to this kind of communication at all? You know, Lee, that's the best question. Um, no, I would. I do not. I do not want that. That. Uh, negative side around me. And uh, so I've been doing this for 24 years. 99% of all the communications, I'd say 99.95% of all the communications I've had, and these are like, I mean, it's probably thousands of spiritual communications I've had and spiritual entities that I've talked with. 99.95% of them are positive. But once in a very great while, there is a negative, there's something negative. And the thing that I've learned is to trust my gut. We, we do need to trust ourselves. And if something doesn't feel right, I just send them away. And I send them away with a very clear message. I do not want you. I do not need you. Please go away. And then I, 
there's a there's a whole concept called shielding where we can where we can actually shield ourselves from from um, entities or energy that we don't want. And a quick way to do shielding, uh, there's many ways to do shielding, but a quick way that that I describe to people is if we surround ourselves with a clear plate of glass, an egg shaped plate of glass, and you can set the thickness as thin or as thick as you want. But traditionally, I set it at or I encourage people to set it at like 6 to 12 inches away from our body. And we can see out, and people can see in, but the thickness of the glass prevents us from receiving energy that we don't want to have. And you have to visualize it. Like, you set up your shield, and then you visualize it. And I don't encourage people to shield a lot, because it's hard to send and receive energy. But if you're trying to block something, then that is and has been for me an effective way to shield. But most of the time, and then we let it go. You know, then you let it go, and the energy is gone, and we proceed onward, and we don't think about it because, or at least I encourage people not to think about it because there's no need to think about it. I think if we just send positive energy forward, you know, our life will continue to be positive. And so it's um, it's been really interesting. I I teach this concept with um with Reiki, and it's been really interesting to bring Reiki, which is a healthcare, um, complementary energy modality. I've been bringing that to the medical professions, and I've been doing that since 2015. And, you know, it brings the empathy and the healing back to the medical professionals that a lot of times we're so interested in productivity. You know, we sort of are not as interested, as, as able to provide the empathetic responses, which is why we went into the field anyway. So yeah, it's, been, I- it's been really a wonderful thing. As a, cha- a hospital chaplain, I worked with a Reiki team uh, of volunteers who would come into the hospital, and I would encourage patients who were in pain or psychological pain to have a visit from a Reiki uh, pra- practitioner. It was uh, it was so healing. It's such a wonderful thing to do for people to to get that chi flowing again. And um, I, I like to compare it to um, the Holy Spirit that that essence that power is all around us all the time and we just have to uh, acknowledge it and work with it and not fight it and i think reiki tends to smooth that out and and make everything possible again you know well said lee i i absolutely agree and when when we when we work with reiki like when i teach people how to provide reiki to clients the first thing we learn is how to do it to ourselves and then the other concept the main concept a major concept is that it's not us providing Reiki to the client. It's the client's own energy system that is being activated. And so we're empowering the client to activate their own energy system. And yes, it's a beautiful way to receive relaxation, to receive calmness, and you can learn it in one day. And so for a couple of years, I'm like, well, how can this be valid? How can you learn something so profound in one day? But you can. I mean, that's how... That's how a yeah. lot of Reiki taught. You can learn it in one day. And yes, it's glorious. And if someone were nervous about um, after-death communication or uh, afraid of um, the other side, afraid of ghosts or possession, things along that, that line, uh, the confidence that you could gain if you felt you were in charge of, um, of the... Uh, what I'm trying to say, I guess, is that 
the re- the Reiki uh, idea is pro- provides that glass shield in a way that you were talking oh. about earlier. That that, oh, that, that that's a protective a protective barrier that keeps you uh, positive and whole and intact against anything that might co- try to invade your space. It, in, I, that's wonderful. That is a wonderful descriptor. And quite frankly, Reiki, what Reiki does is it raises our vibrational energy. And so it raises our vibrational energy. And if we wanted to communicate with loved ones that have passed on, it puts us in, in, in an easier way to communicate with them because our vibrational energy is raised. And people in the afterlife, they, they lower, essentially, they lower their vibrational energy. And so it's an, it's a, it's a, very effective way to facilitate communication with our loved ones that have passed on. And most of the time, I'd say, gosh, probably 92, 93% of the time when I teach Reiki, there is some form of after-death communication. Now, I don't, um, it doesn't always happen. It doesn't always happen, but most of the time it does. And these are people <laughs> that have most of the time never, ever, ever communicated with loved ones and so it's very gratifying and beautiful to see it's really quite um quite awesome yes rebecca we are just about out of time for today i, I wonder tell tell our audience how they can find your book um or learn more about your uh, courses oh sure well, thank you again so much for having me um the book's name is uh change maker how my brother's death woke up my life and you can get it pretty much all over the place. Um, of course, Amazon has it um, in print or ebook, um, Barnes and Noble, indie bookstores. My website is my name, so it's Rebecca com, and you can get the book there. I've got a lot of suggested books and products on the website. I've got my events that are upcoming, things like that. And um, my name doesn't have any hyphen on the website. So it's just RebeccaRostelClawson.com, no hyphen, no spaces. And I'm very accessible. Like, I love talking to people. And I love talking <laughs> with you, Lee. And I love the fact that you're from Ions Radio. Like, it just cracks me up. I'm just thrilled. And I well, encourage everybody to come to the conference. The conference is great. Thank you for, for plugging the conference. It should be a great uh, a great event, as always. Uh, if listeners would like to hear this show again or any of our past shows, uh, go to our website at nderadio.org. For information on IONS and the upcoming IONS conference in uh, King of Prussia, Pennsylvania, near Valley Forge, uh, where you'll get to meet Rebecca and me, check out that website at iands.org. And join us again next Monday, 11 a.m. Eastern, for more NDE Radio. This is Lee Whitting saying thanks for listening.